Hello there, I'm your host, McNeil Mulliken, and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about all topics relating to cinema. Visit the McNeil and Friends Podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com to learn more about the podcast and where you can find episodes. You can support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by following or subscribing on the platform you listen to podcasts and by leaving a rating or a review. You can also support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by telling your friends, and if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Season 4 of the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Throughout this season, I'm going to be talking about new movie releases, topics relating to the new releases, and fun random topics pertaining to movies. As always, I'm inviting friends via Zoom for all episodes. Today, I'm here with my friend Kurt, the host of the Top 5 Film Dive Podcast, and we're going to be talking about our Top 5 Biggest Theatrical Disappointments. Glad to have you back on for another episode, man. How's it going? Good, buddy. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I really look forward to these with you. So, uh, yeah, likewise. I, I'm excited about this absolutely morbid theatrical <laughs> topic that we're about to dive into. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how are things going over at the Top Five Film Dive podcast? Good, man. Good. A uh, little bit of a, a change in regards to just uh, the social media stuff. I, I kind of had a little bit of a rebranding since last time you and I talked. Um, just trying to just trying to spice it up. Just trying to keep things fresh and not bored. Um, other than that, things are good. We're continually growing. Episodes are flowing in. Uh, you're you're my guest on my most recent episode. So again, yeah. I should thank you, sir. I should. Thank <laughs> you. Um, yeah, it's it's doing great. It's doing great. You know what? I took a little bit of a hiatus for a couple of weeks there, uh, just to kind of you know rewire and, and think to myself exactly where I wanted things to go. But uh, everything is on a good positive swing right now, buddy. It's it's a good uh, 2021 so far. A good start to the year. So how are things going here? Cool. That's good to hear. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So uh, things are going pretty well. I've Great. just been Great. pretty much consistently putting out episodes on Saturdays. Is what I try to do, and coming up with ideas, making sure things are, <laughs> I guess, relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, feel you, man. I feel you. We've got a few uh, a few big releases coming out in March that uh, give us more to talk about, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll that. We will get around to that. I'm sure. Oh yeah, so. definitely. Uh, well, like I said, we're going to be discussing our biggest theatrical disappointments. So these are movies we were excited for or interested in. They ended up just being major letdowns. Um, since we are talking about theatrical experiences, though, what is the last movie you saw in the theaters, Kurt? Great question. Um, and it, it slips me into a state of mild depression. Um, <laughs> it would have been uh, my second going of Tenant back in July. Uh, an okay. IMAX screen just outside of the city of Toronto here. Uh, we were lucky, obviously, through the summer there. Things were open. Not a lot of not a lot of options. Um, and then, obviously, when, when Tenet released, I rushed out the first night. Didn't really understand it. Uh, but the second viewing, I had a really good time with it. I had a really, really good time with it. Uh, up here still in Canada, uh, and especially across the province of Ontario, we're, we're closed down. We got no theaters. Um, so I'm, I'm stuck to my usual streaming, my friend. Uh, besides that, the other, I was thinking myself earlier today, actually, the movie before Tenant would have been The Way Back with Ben Affleck. Uh, oh, nice. Which I, I like, almost I saw that in theaters, but yeah. I didn't. I still have yet to even watch that movie. But It's good. Uh, I want to watch I it. I, it. Check it out. I, you know what? It's, it's a good watch. It's a little bit of a tearjerker. It's uh, a good kind of feel-good sports movie with like a lot of like kind of deep tone undertones to it um and yeah. affleck's great man I'm, I'm a huge affleck fan so yeah i like him as well but uh 
I went into it expecting a lot and I might not have gotten all that I wanted out of the way back, uh, especially yeah. from the director, Gavin O'Connor, and he's done Warrior, one of my favorite sports movies. But uh, yeah, check it out if you get a chance, man. I think it's a thoroughly entertaining movie. So Yeah, I'll check it out whenever I get a chance. Um, last yeah. movie I watched in the theaters was The Invisible Man. So <laughs> that was a <laughs> that, while back. That was a year ago this weekend. Oh, was it really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was nice. crunching the numbers today and looking back at the calendar, and it uh, would have been a year ago this coming weekend, man, the 28th. Oh, God. 28th of uh, February, yeah. Wow. I think I actually time. watched it, if I remember correctly. It's like March 1st of 2020, I think, and then I, yeah, that was that was the last movie I watched. I haven't gone back since. The theaters around here where I am, yeah. they, they've been shut down pretty much oh, the they? whole time. Yeah, I think oh, they opened oh, yeah. back temporarily. Over the yeah, summer, yeah. I didn't go. I have immunocompromised family, but yeah, um, but yeah, Invisible Man. That was the that was the last movie I watched in the theaters. I'm a bit deprived of the theatrical experiences. <laughs> um, quite, my friend. Quite. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, before we get started, be sure to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating and review if you want to help support the podcast. You can follow the McNeil and Friends podcast on Instagram at McNeil.and.friends.podcast. Message me on Instagram to let me know what your biggest theatrical disappointments are. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at McNeil Mulligan. Letterboxd is where I post the movies I watch and write reviews. Also, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Twitter. Lastly, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon. Support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. All of this information can be found on the McNeil and Friends podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com. You can find a link that will take you to all of these locations in the description of this episode. So, Kurt, do you have any honorable mentions for biggest uh, theatrical disappointments? I do. I do. I have. You know what? And I thought to myself long and hard. Like, there's a few movies that um, I've gone on with incredibly and enormous high expectations. Um, I think a few we might see eye to eye on. But my one honorable mention, uh, and it jumps out. And it's not that I hate the movie. Um, I just think that, and we talked about this a little online today. I think that the... Um, Foundation had been laid for this essentially be one of the biggest superhero movies of all time, if not one of the biggest movies of all time. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, Batman versus Superman had everything going for it. And I, I didn't have a problem with it in regards to its length or the casting and so on and so forth, which is mm-hmm. a lot of people's pet peeve in regards to that movie. Yeah. Um, I think I just created this like astronomical, like I said, like grandiose expectations more even than I had already done with the Avengers movies. And I, I solely kind of lays on the, on the shoulders of I'm a DC guy uh, in comparison to Marvel. I grew up reading all Batman comic books, all Superman comic books. Um, I'd say that's, that's kind of my, my wheelhouse. And yeah. yeah, I was, I was, I was disappointed, but it's grown on me and especially the ultimate cut, which guys, if you haven't checked out, um, I'd give, I'd say give it a watch. It's like three hours and maybe 10 minutes long. And it adds about yeah, 40 something minutes like of footage. Yeah, it adds about, I think, 30 or 40 minutes of footage onto the theatrical right. version. And uh, it was a much better movie, a far better movie. And I, and I really, I agree. really, really enjoyed that uh, much more. So, yeah, uh, Batman vs. Superman is the one that really jumped out to me when we're talking about honorable mentions because I didn't hate it. Um, I, 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 I have grown to love a different version of it. Um, but my second honorable mention is Alien Covenant. Uh, now, I don't know if you've, you're a big fan of the Alien movies in general. Alien Covenant came out back in 2017. Um, and it was a sequel to Prometheus. Prometheus right. is just a hot mess of a science <laughs> science fiction horror movie. I love it though. It's actually a really big guilty pleasure for me. And yeah, Alien Covenant was supposed to be this like return to sci-fi horror glory from Ridley Scott. And, you know, obviously uh, kind of re-injecting the xenomorph, which is what the alien creature is called. 
and yeah. uh yeah man it, it just putters it's just it 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 falters almost like from the first act and I, i've watched it another I've, i think i've watched it a few more times since then and like there's just something about it that like is incredibly disappointing uh yeah. i don't know if they're gonna do a third one you know uh disney now owns the rights to it but i guess we'll see right money talks so <laughs> yeah i saw that in the theaters i don't remember a ton about it i I remember the first two alien, not that I saw those in the theaters. I'm clearly not old enough to have seen those, <laughs> but like, those are the ones that are more fresh on my mind. Yeah. Uh, I saw Prometheus. I saw covenant. Don't remember much about them. Never bothered with alien three. Cause I don't yeah. want to ruin David Fincher's reputation in my mind. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> and tough. I haven't I seen resurrection either. So yeah, again, something you can just stay away from. Right. Like, yeah. Two, three and four, just skip. <laughs> if I do a David Fincher episode, I guess I'll have to power through a alien three watch, but <laughs> You can see that like he he is really trying to to work with what he's got, and and I I don't know if you've heard a lot of the rumblings online. Um, yeah, I that's read a, a lot, lot of about studio meddling rather yeah. than like him making a bad movie. And like my heart breaks for the guy because like that's your first. That was his debut, into, yeah. Right, it's your first like dumping into the into the studio, you know, movie studio system, and like he just got ripped. But anyways, what are your honorable mention, man? I'm excited to hear these. So, um. I've got a couple here that stick out. Yeah. So um, Kong Skull Island was one for me. <laughs> Came out in 2017. I was a huge fan of uh, Peter Jackson's 2005 King Kong. Okay. Uh, I grew up yeah. watching that movie a lot. And um, I always loved that movie. And so I knew this wasn't a sequel or anything like that to it. But I was excited for another King Kong movie. And I was like, yeah. wow, this just really sucks. <laughs> and I was really <laughs> underwhelmed by it. and thought it was just terrible. Never yeah. watched it again. Yeah, um, yeah. Another honorable mention of mine is one of yours as well, which was uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. I saw it in the theaters, walked out just incredibly mad at what I had watched because I was like, "Batman's killing." The Martha yeah. twist was so dumb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was so rushed, and you know, like I didn't like, I didn't dislike the casting either. I thought Ben Affleck was a decent Batman. Henry Cavill's great. Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I I did not like. Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I thought that was Most just terrible. Yeah. yeah, that's easily my least favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. Um, you know, Hans Zimmer scores really good. I love the music in that movie. It's got some cool action, had some good ideas. I just don't think it was executed all that well. But like you, I agree. The Ultimate Edition is uh, a version of the movie that I've grown to love a lot mm. more than... Um, well, I didn't even love the theatrical cut, but it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it a lot more. It's still not a great movie. Could have been better. I feel like it should have been two parts. I really think that's probably what would have helped that entire story out. Fair. Yeah. Fair. But also another DCEU movie. I'm going to go with the Suicide Squad. Oh or my I guess, boy! Or I guess Suicide Squad. I guess we should say. Um, well, do you want to get me started now, or we'll do a talk about it later? <laughs> I guess we can talk about that later. <laughs> Um, but oh, I Lord. had, I, the reason I'm yeah. only going with an honorable mention for this is mm -hmm. because I had like, I had mediocre expectations for it. I was intrigued with the direction they were going with the Joker just because he looked so different and was so unconventional, that whole version of the character. And then you go into there it's like, he existed basically in a flashback. He was not even a villain. Like they made him out to be enchantress was the villain. I don't even think she was a villain in the comics. No. And it was it, just... It's a, it's a mess. Man. It was a hot yeah. mess. The only thing that really worked for me in that movie was Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and Will Smith as Deadshot. Those were the only two things in that movie that I thought were redeemable. Everything else was just pure crap. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to tell you a story about that movie. Awesome. And, uh, it, 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 I'm going to foreshadow it right now, folks. It, it's pretty nice. high on my list. It's awesome. pretty high. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I'm hoping that since you're a little bit older than me, we talked about this yeah. uh, right before we yeah, started but, here. 
I hope you have a few movies that are pretty disappointing that I didn't have the chance to see in the theaters <laughs> because either I was yeah. uh, too young to have seen it or just too young to even have paid attention to how big of a deal it was. You know, like maybe some yeah. Star Wars prequels or... Maybe, uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, <laughs> Batman and Robin. You know, oh, maybe something like that. All right. We're getting into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's coming. But because it's I'm coming. only... I'm only Actually, I'm I'm 21. I will by the time this episode's out, I will be 21. I'm I'll be 21 on March 3rd. So, Bravo, my friend. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Well, all of my picks are yeah. from the 2010s decade, just because That's I right. don't even remember seeing much other than like Finding Nemo before 2010 when <laughs> I was <laughs> back then. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, before we reveal our, li- our lists, I want to preface that this, for me at least, it's not a, a ranking of which uh, you know which movie is worse. It's just for me, is which one was the most disappointing, mm-hmm. um, and I factored a lot of this based on my expectations. What about you? Yeah, um, m- mine cater back uh to my expectations f- for two things again from, from advertising campaigns and trailers and that building up that hype machine yeah for some of these movies that were were intended to be like blockbusters um and they most of them for for the most part were um they made up their fair share of bank um they've <laughs> none of these are really movies that didn't do well at the box office right yeah. um but but i think my expectations and and i think i'll, I'll use that disappointing word come from previous entries or, or or essentially like already having had my kind of palette um uh kind of washed from from something else i mean that in the sense of like example indiana jones kingdom of the crystal skull it's not on my list should have been forgot it but <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that another day but like the indiana jones trilogy is is, is one of my all-time favorites i think it's probably my top three if if not my uh, my top five there but um yeah, I, I, something like that because I have such a, like a, a love and undying passion for those those three. I went into Crystal Skull being like, oh, okay, I know that this is probably not going to be as good. Expectations are still high, yeah. but it was it was uh, it was what I expected it to be. So my other my my five. <laughs> My five uh, sit in a lot of universes or or sequels, and and again, I think that's going to relate back to what you. Uh, yeah, you, mine you are the exact to. same way. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to get started, man. This is gonna be good. So cool. Well, uh, what is your number five? My number five. Okay, so jumping right into it, and um, you know, I, I picked between. I had I two. Uh, third entries in series and uh, in, in two series, two different series, I should say. Um, but I had to narrow it down to one. And this this was a tough, tough choice because the other one that I left off the list, which doesn't even deserve to be in my dimensions, I'm not even going to mention, uh, is the X-Men The Last Stand. Now, 2006, uh, interesting year. Um, 2000, and the original X-Men comes out essentially blows up the entire kind of uh superhero genre yeah um that was i think one of the first movies i had actually seen superhero movies i had ever seen in theaters uh having missed most of the batman movies and stuff and it really created that like renaissance of like all these superhero movies that we're still kind of living through now yeah uh 2002 you know x2 comes out i still i'd say it's in that kind of top 10 discussion for best superhero films of all time mm-hmm. um and like I remember, this is when I was really getting into film and like just studying box office and studying like the making of film and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, like it's like, oh, Brian Singer's left this movie and Brad Radner's come in. And I was like, okay, he's made a couple of good movies. Um, hey, you know, there there's apparently a lot of turmoil on set. Da da da. And like again, mind you, I'm like a 16, 17 year old kid working at Blockbuster at this point. But I was like, you know what? I'm still gonna keep my expectations pretty high. You know, they, they got the whole cast coming back, and yeah, I go to see X Men: The Last Stand in theaters on the weekend of my birthday uh in like may 2006 and like 
the 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 first twenty minutes. For those of you who haven't seen, I'm sorry. It's been it's been fifteen years, so this is your own fault. So I'm gonna spoil it for you. Um, first ten minutes of the movie. Have you seen it, by the way? Actually, yeah, I've, I've seen all the X Men movies. Okay, so Cyclops dies, and it's like, wait, what? Like, what's going on here? And yeah. like, it the movie just turns into this like train wreck um to say that i was disappointed it still seems like a little bit of an understatement i was so overwhelmed with how bad it was uh that still to this day like it's like i i would say that almost x-men origins wolverine is a better movie than oh wow (laughs) yeah which is tough for me to say yeah uh, but like at least it's it's i would say far more entertaining um and and kind of like I'm, a, I'm an x-men junkie so like at least it kind of sticks to somewhat of a, of a coherent storyline from the x-men comic books so mm-hmm. yeah man x-men the last day in 2006 uh thank god that they rebooted it uh and was i believe it was five or no five or six years later with uh first, first class, class but, yeah but that was a rough couple of years after the last stand because it was last stand and, and then, then origins Wolverine's, Wol- yeah over origins wolverine yeah and it was like That's you guys are, you guys are screwing up you guys are you guys are dropping the ball here fox so yeah, uh, yeah, number five, man. X Men. I didn't see that it. one in the theaters. That was I grew up watching the X Men movies. Like I think <laughs> probably the first one I watched was actually Origins Wolverine because I think that came out like what two thousand and nine, two thousand eight. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I was I was nine at the time, and so I watched it. I didn't see it in theaters, but then I went back and watched some of the other X Men movies, and I liked them all when I was growing up and then you know as I got older I was like X-Men Last Stand that's not that good of a movie it's so yeah. rushed it was just yeah. it was a hot mess yeah, um, man. So, but, but yeah that was actually one I was wondering if you were going to have it in your list I, I was going to put Origins to be honest with you but I, I find that at least because it's all about Jackman in that movie like I, yeah. I mean most of them are but like I have a really good time with it and like, it's so dumb and it's so bad and sloppy that it's that so is entertaining. entertaining yeah I just get mad when I watch Last Stand right um, especially because they botched the the Dark Phoenix saga right and they've done it oh, again yeah. and I mean I don't if you, I presume again you've seen the from last summer yeah it's just like a, a storyline that they haven't seemed to be able to nail and I think Disney's probably not going to touch it for at least like 15 probably or 20 not, years yeah uh, which is understandable, right? So, yeah. But anyways, what's your number five, man? Uh, so my number five is Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's get into her. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I actually didn't really have many expectations for this movie. I had like average expectations. So if you want to like yeah. compare it to all the other Marvel movies, I went in thinking it was going to be about mid-tier. I didn't think it was going to be amazing. Okay. didn't think it was going to be terrible. I was like, there's no <laughs> way it's going to be bad. Marvel's had such a great reputation recently. They just had Avengers Infinity War. They just had Black Panther, all these super cool movies. I walked oh, in to yeah. see it, and then about 10 minutes into the movie, I was like, I cannot wait for this to be over. This is absolutely <laughs> terrible. I was just, I was so bored throughout the entire movie, yeah. and I don't have anything against Brie Larson as an actress yeah. or, you know, anything, but I didn't think she was good as Captain Marvel. I just thought she looked bored while she was playing the role, and it was like... Yeah. Her face had no emotion. There was yeah, yeah, one one dimensional for sure. And then add to that, she has all these powers. We're supposed to believe that she's um, basically the end all be all for the superheroes, and she's essentially like equivalent to Superman, but in the Marvel universe with how powerful she is. They don't even explain uh-huh. her powers. It's just like, oh, she's powerful. We got to believe it. She just kind of has this like force field energy stuff, and she can fly. She can do all this stuff. And so may I interject and then ask yeah. you, although we're off topic, how did you feel about uh, Rambo's uh, introduction to her powers in WandaVision last week? I was OK with that. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Really? 
I felt yeah. the way that you felt about Captain Marvel adapting and, and gaining hers, I felt was a cop out. And it was the same type of way that, that like, uh, what's her face? Is it Monica? Yeah. Yeah, no, Monica, Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo. So, like, I was pissed off. But at that part of it, I was like, really? This is how she gets her powers, guys? Come on. I was like, this is, this is just kind of like, this is I didn't know much about like, her character. I hope nobody notices, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know much about her character, so I, I didn't really have anything to Fair. base that Fair. off of. Okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think by the time I'll have this episode released, all of WandaVision will be complete. But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. but episode seven, the one we're talking about, from this point on, I think we probably will learn a little bit more about her powers. So I guess I got to kind of figure out how they continue <laughs> her character arc. But yeah, yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm curious. I, I didn't really have any major opinion on how she got her powers, but, but I have major opinions about how Captain Marvel got her powers. And I, this is what we're getting back to, and I'm wanting here. <laughs> it was just so irritating and frustrating because by yeah. the end of the movie, you're supposed to have this epic battle scene. And she's flying around, kicking butt. But nobody cares because we're like, all right, what can you do? We don't yeah. – it hasn't been verbally confirmed or anything like that. And then the world building didn't help because I wasn't interested in any of it. <laughs> and it was just like nobody really looked like they were having a good time in the movie other than Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Fair. He was about yeah. the only guy that seemed like he cared that he was in the movie until he had his eye ripped out by a cat at the end. <laughs> And then that irritated me, and I just walked out angry. I was like, I have not, seen, I have not been this angry at a movie since, um, yeah, what Batman my number is Superman. <laughs> well, not even that. The number, the number one that's on here. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, all right. Um, and I didn't go with putting this movie any higher just because there were other like characters and series that I was more invested in, um, as a whole, and so that's why I left Captain Marvel at number five. But overall, like I was, that was a movie I was just incredibly bored in, and just <laughs> did not care about at all. And there are some people that are like, it's a decent superhero movie, at least. I'm yeah. like, I don't even know how you could say it because it's just so freaking boring. I haven't seen it since it came out, and now you've you've sparked my interest to watch it again this weekend. With I watched it one more time, and I was <laughs> like, ugh. Yeah, I, she's asking because she's getting more into comic book heroes and so on and so forth. And yeah. she asked me uh, last last time she was over and we were watching Avengers and she asked, hey, who's oh, who, nice. saves, who saves the day, daddy? And it was Captain Marvel in Infinity War. Uh, and now she wants to watch it. And I'm, I'm interested now to see it with your interpretation of it. I guess because I was in the theater, again, that's the only time I have watched it, and everybody was just so rallied up and like excited that there was another Marvel movie after yeah. Infinity War. Um, no, I, sorry, pardon me. It was was it before or after Infinity? It was War? after Infinity. It was actually technically after Ant Man and the Wasp, and then right before oh, Endgame. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, theater was right. actually I saw it on opening night, and there was barely anybody there. It was so uh -huh. weird. I don't know why that was. I've never had that happen with a Marvel movie before. Oh, that's right. It was. It was after Infinity War, like two months before Endgame. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. God, yeah, but I mean, flies. I guess, I guess I'll wrap things yep. up with this one here. But it was so, uh, you know, because she was supposed to save the day in Endgame. They built that up so much, especially with that post-credit scene in, in uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah. And I went to watch this movie and I was like, I really hope Endgame doesn't suck. And then Endgame was so good because they barely had her in the movie. Barely. And I was like, I was like, this is great. Just leave her out. I don't care. Fair, fair. Um, man. All good points. But yeah, so uh, what's your number four? Number four. I'm chucking along here. So uh, here's one. And I think it would have been like, this makes me feel old. I can't like to be honest with you, buddy. Um, so that means it's not my number four. No, it's not. Your number <laughs> I promise you that this <laughs> this one came out uh, in 2002, and I, I was a big deal for me because I had just 
like a few years prior really gotten into horror and psychological thrillers and it, it's essentially oh, became... i really thought i knew where you were going for a second and then oh, you said okay. horror and i was like oh never mind and, and um this is a sequel to essentially one of the only movies to ever win uh or i should say one of the few movies to ever win best oh. picture best actor best actress Best director, Silence of the Lambs to me, it's in my, it's in easily in my top twenty, maybe 20, 25. and um, amazing movie. We, oh god, and like I've just rewatched it recently, and like it still gives me chills, um, especially so considering good. it was just its thirtieth anniversary a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh yeah, yeah. When Hannibal was was getting some steam, and the book by Thomas Harris had come out, and they had optioned it for a movie. Um, and you know, it's, I was at that point, I was like 13 or 14 years old. Jodie Foster's not coming back. Julianne Moore's in, in the role of Clarice, whatever. Fine. As long as Anthony Hopkins is back as Hannibal Lecter, I didn't care. Yeah. And I watched Hannibal man. And like, I can genuinely, say, it, it might be the first time that like, I was ever like gravely disappointed as like a teenager yeah. by not only like a sequel to a movie, but like a movie in general in the theater going experience. And like, I remember going to see it. I, I snuck in with my friends and like I, it was a few of us, whatever. And yeah, um, they were like, oh, man, that's a great movie. Like, you know, blood and guts. It's a little bit different than Science Slams. <laughs> and I was like, that, this is horrendous. Like, this is a, not a good movie at all. Like Ridley Scott. And like at the end, at that point, I was a big Ridley Scott fan. I still am for God's sakes. But yeah, because like, at that point he had just come off of Gladiator. Gladiator, and which is my all time one of my all time favorite movies, if not my all time favorite movie. Wow. And like. The, the expectations of, of coming off a of gladiator plus the sequel to this like absolutely outstanding movie that like is was actually quite influential uh, on me uh, and still is really um, Hannibal is just a movie that like I understand why Jodie Foster left was because and I don't know if you, you know this but behind the scenes stuff is Jodie Foster left because they, she said that the in comparison to the book the script that they were going with for Hannibal veered away from what the author uh, has really hoped for, and again, it was a continuation of Clarice's journey while Lecter is still kind of toying with her, right? And yeah. I don't know if you've seen it in a while, but um, but yeah, man, I just find it it putters along. Um, there's a few very like mildly suspenseful scenes, uh, a lot less of the cat and mouse type of stuff, um, which is what I thoroughly enjoy about Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, uh, and yeah. and like I just I found it messy, and I, I that's actually the first time I've left a theater, and I have a vivid memory of this first time I left the theater, being just like wow like i i i'm upset like i'm disappointed this was supposed yeah. to be like uh you know the the movie for the season of, of 2022 or sorry uh 2002 pardon me and uh yeah i'm traveling yeah, there <laughs> i know right god sakes so that, by the way uh cole's notes here uh there's a new uh tv show called clarice on cbs and if you get a chance watch it it's uh it's a sequel Two Silence of the Lambs that takes place in between the two films, and it's a very good show. So, oh, you've watched but Hannibal? It? Yeah, it's great. It's on the I episode. Have, I, I haven't watched it because I knew that they couldn't mention Hannibal Lecter in it at all, and yeah. so I had kind of no interest in in watching it. But <laughs> it's worth checking out. It's worth checking out. It's definitely cool. worth checking out. Yeah, it's good. But don't check out Hannibal, kids. It's been twenty years <laughs> almost since it came out, and it's uh, it's not worth your two hours and five minutes. So. Hannibal, yeah. number four. The Silence of the Lambs, that's one of my all-time favorite movies as well. Same. And I never bothered watching Hannibal or Red Dragon. Um, you know, Red Dragon holds up better than Hannibal does, I find. Um, I think that's what I've heard. Because it, it plays more into that idea of... I, I I enjoy the back and forth, obviously, that, that Lecter has with whoever the main character is. And Ed Norton mm -hmm. happens to be the character that he's, he's kind of messing around with. Who's oh, like yeah, that's the right. Agent. Ed Norton is in that. Um, 
But uh, yeah, in, in comparison, Red Dragon's leaps and bounds better than Hannibal. So if you're gonna watch, wow, it, go go Red Dragon. Silence of the Lambs. I just don't want to ruin Silence of the Lambs <laughs> for me, so I'm just gonna <laughs> keep keep it as Silence of the Lambs, and there's yeah. nothing else. <laughs> there you go. No, that's, and that's fair. Honestly, that's fair. If I could wash wash my memory and my palate clean of Hannibal, I would. But what's your four, <laughs> bud? So my number four uh, is Justice League. Oh, okay. yeah. So all right. Justice League was a movie I had incredibly low expectations for because at the time DC really? had just come off of, um, yeah, it, it, they had just come off of um, Suicide Squad and Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Wonder Woman was yeah. good, and so I it kind of got my hopes up for Justice League a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then I saw the trailers for this and I was like, yeah, it looks like a video game. That looks terrible. <laughs> and then you get to read about all the behind the scenes studio stuff and everything that went yeah. on with Zack Snyder's personal life, and it just all seemed like a hot mess. And I was like. So you got Zack Snyder, then you have Joss Whedon coming in, and that's just a tonal clash. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. on paper, it makes sense to bring in the guy that did the Avengers to do Justice League. That makes sense. But then yeah. when you look at the types of stories, it's like, no, yeah. that's that's just a bad idea. And yeah. so I went into Justice League with fairly low expectations, and it surpassed those low expectations. And I just think it's absolutely <laughs> terrible. This movie is hot garbage. It is the epitome. Well, actually... There's one a little bit we'll get to another superhero <laughs> movie that's the epitome okay, of hot okay. garbage. But this is like just slightly, I mean, just like a decimal point above the other one I'll talk yeah. about in a little bit. Um, all right, all right. I was I was really disappointed by it because there's nothing redeemable. Everything was rushed. I don't even know what kind of story they were trying to tell. It's just a bunch of randomness to me. Um, everybody's acting out of character, like Batman on the ground, like oh, something's definitely bleeding. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Steppenwolf, one of the worst villains in any comic book movie ever. Like I said, <laughs> yeah, look, the whole agreed. thing just looks like a video game. Hmm. Um, hopefully, the Snyder cut redeems it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the Snyder cut, just because I, I, I like Zack Snyder's style. Yeah, I think he rushes his plots a bit. Yeah, but I'm, I'm hoping because it's. Snyder Cut Justice League is four hours long. Maybe yeah. he has the opportunity to flesh some things out. Plus, I don't even think he's getting paid for this, so it's really just a passion project for him. So I'm hoping it gets redeemed, but for now, Justice League is just trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible. You're in here first, folks. <laughs> Justice League is a pile of garbage. <laughs> it is. How do you, do you really what did feel you think about of it? it? <laughs> oh, is, we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. <laughs> nice we um, will get to that 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 is uh just gonna be the the peace or resistance as the french would say and the only um, reason i didn't put it higher just like yeah. uh captain marvel is because okay. the expectations I, they weren't all that high okay. so the ones that i have yeah. above it two out of the three of these are um i had really high expectations for the other one is just straight up trash and mm-hmm. it is even somehow worse than Justice League. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so Justice League, it's only at four because the expectations were so low compared to the three that are above it. Fair. Okay. All right. So what's your number three? Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to jump off that. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack a few months. Uh, actually, about a year, a year and a bit. Um, and uh, man. Suicide Squad? Oh, buddy. So Suicide Squad, I <laughs> yeah. thought, was going to be, um, like, the pinnacle of this, like, new DC extended universe. Um, it had the, the first, chance. 
the first trailer that came out of Comic-Con a year before that in 2015, I think I probably watched about 10 to 15 times and had uh, like a, a, a redone version of an old BG song called I Started a Joke. And it was very dark and very good. And I was like, yes, give me more of this. Like, this is what I want to see. David Ayer, fantastic director. Not one of my favorites, definitely, but like great writer. Uh, he's done, I don't know if you know, he's done Training Day, End of Watch. Um, a ton of movies. Just most recently did The Tax Collector. Not not as good, best, but you know that's for for another episode. But it, it had all the pieces in line to to be phenomenal. And like I have to say that the first forty minutes of Suicide Squad is pretty damn entertaining. Like it's it's really funny when you're getting to know everybody, and essentially it's it's how they kind of all end up together, and they all kind of get yeah, I can like, agree with that. Yeah, like four to six minutes of of you know backstory. Um. I love Margot Robbie. I think she's I, even at that point. I was just like, I think that you are probably the best part of this entire movie. Um, oh yeah, hands I, I, down. With Will Smith, I, I knew that they needed that like big name star to draw eyes to it. And I, at first, it, he was my most hesitant part. Um, or I guess it was kind of hesitant thought process to it. And I was like, I think I'm just. I feel like I'm going to be watching Will Smith just play Will Smith. And I think he's great. I actually think he's fantastic in the movie. Yeah, he was my one problem, of the only couple of things that I actually liked about Suicide yeah. Squad. And, and my problem with it lies in um, just the story, man. And again, I don't know if this is a studio meddling thing. And this has kind of been the, the we'll call it the, the kind of musk on the internet as of late is like, there's this thing that apparently called the air cut where you know yeah. people are starting to push for you now that now that we've had the Snyder cut of Justice League, when's the air cut of Suicide Squad going to come out? Because apparently it's a totally different version of the film, um, and I guess we might get it again essentially if, if uh, Snyder's Justice League does well. But yeah, Suicide Squad, man, I, it was the first uh, time in a a comic book movie that I I I just I. I sat there when the credits ended or sorry when the movie ended and the credits rolled and i was like oh my god like you guys you guys botched this so bad um and in you, you already kind of brought up a couple of points mm-hmm. the pacing of it's really bad um it's just it doesn't make any sense why like you push a character like the joker aside who again the verse in the second trailer, he's such a big part of the trailer. So I go in with the expectation that like, okay, here's, here's our big baddie. And it ends up being Enchantress, which, hey, was, cool villain, but doesn't make any yeah, sense. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the, the goofy last 15 minute finale there in climax with like her brother essentially becoming like a, almost like a, that was looking so the Egyptian dumb. God. Oh man. Like it, it's, it's just a, it's a bad, it's a bad movie. And like, horrendously disappointed me um yeah i'm really excited to see where it goes correct me if i'm wrong here it's it, the new one with james gunn or directed by james gunn's coming out this year yeah yeah and i think it's in i want to say in august it could be that wrong. sounds right and there's only two people from that cast coming over uh jai courtney and margot robbie so i was surprised really to see that jai courtney was the only other one that they they brought like out of all the people that was that was one i was most surprised by I dig him, man. I didn't want to see Will Smith come back. Uh, not that not I'm a Will Smith hater or anything, but like I, I think that those were the two people that injected the the, the most comedy, um, as well as like had the most kind of like fanfare after the movie was released. Um, but yeah, Suicide Squad. Uh, what a man! What a rough year. <laughs> 2016 was for dc uh like i said i don't hate batman versus superman but i hated suicide squad that is hands down still one of the most disappointing oh yeah totally suicide squad is definitely leaps and bounds worse than batman versus superman especially now that the the, uh ultimate edition of batman versus superman is out 
Yep. Um, so, but but that's but my yeah. number three, man. So I'm I'm excited to see the turn if they turn that air cut into an HBO Max release. Yeah. Because uh, apparently it's like they've got like three three and a half hours, four hours of actual like footage. Yeah. For we might see Ayer's it cut of the movie right so we'll see i will say that i'm more interested in seeing the Zack snyder cut justice league than i am the david ayer cut of suicide squad to me it's like let's just get james gunn suicide squad and leave david ayer suicide squad alone yeah but but i'll still watch it if it comes out absolutely yeah yeah man um what's your number two all right wait you're on your number three yeah my number three um sorry so my number three this this might irritate some people (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know where you stand with this movie i think I think you said you're a fan of this trilogy. Oh, um, I'm going <laughs> to go with War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, fair answer. Very okay. fair answer. There are people it, that love that movie. And it, it just popped up on Star, that new Disney Plus thing yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Well, by the way, I love the first two movies. Rise so and Dawn are, are yeah. amazing. And yeah, then absolutely. Because of how amazing Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was, and that's like top twenty movies of all time for me easily. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's. Cool. I love it. That's a very distinct theatrical experience I have for whatever reason. And then I had super high expectations for War for the Planet of the Apes, especially because it was called War for the Planet War. of the Apes. And then you go to the movie, and it's called War, and there's maybe ten to fifteen minutes of action in a nearly yeah. two and a half hour movie, and the rest is yeah. just. Caesar and his crew walking around looking for some revenge. Um, it's I just thought it was extremely anticlimactic because of that. It was just I was like, so when are we going to get started here? Like I will say the first the first like ten minutes were really good, yeah. And then oh, yeah. after that, like once they once the humans come in and they I think they killed what was Caesar's wife and I don't even how does he have a wife? He's an ape. <laughs> I just thought of that. I was reading earlier. It's like Caesar's wife is dead. I'm like, how did they get married? How do they the have a license for marriage? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I was let down as soon as yeah. those first ten minutes blew by, and then it just became incredibly boring. And it was literally yeah. just them walking around for the rest of the movie. And you know, like there were some interesting themes. Like there was some ideas there that that were okay like i didn't mind woody harrelson's character in the movie i thought he was actually a decent villain but they just didn't execute the story well because you know you go into a movie called war for the planet of the apes and it's the finale of a trilogy you're not expecting them to just walk around and barely say anything for two and a half hours you you didn't know that the original title for the movie was called stroll for the planet of the apes (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, <laughs> stroll for the planet of the snails or something like that. But I mean, it was just—I yeah. was really let down by it. Like I was—it was one of the few times I can remember sitting in the theaters and the credits rolled, and I was just like incredibly disappointed. And like, yeah. and there are people that love it, and that's absolutely fine. I just—I—I I don't understand how some people actually like it better than Dawn of no. the Planet of the Apes, oh. at least. No, it is. It's on par, maybe. Like it is a smidge better than that Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. Uh, I actually never a, bothered with that. Oh no, <laughs> I've <laughs> no, never man, watched you that. Need, you don't even need to. You don't even yeah. need to watch it. But like there, it's like, hey, okay, you know, we're we're here for a good time for some action. You know, watch some apes go at it, and it's like. When, when's it happening? Or right. Did I, did I stroll into the wrong theater or something? Um, yeah. And, yeah. And because it was so boring and nothing really 
happened in that movie by the end when Caesar has that character arc and you know yeah. you know he dies I was like well that wasn't satisfying at all <laughs> so he just died and I don't care and I should be crying yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah War for the Planet of the Apes that's my number three um, mm-hmm. some people may hate me for putting that at number three some people might hate me for putting something in particular at my number one but <laughs> um uh with all that in mind, what's oh, your number see, two? Now I'm interested to see what your number one is. I'm actually like really a caught. I, I thought it was going to be Suicide Squad was going to be your number one when we first started talking. I don't know what your number one is going to be anymore. I'm. Well, what really made you think it'd be Suicide Squad? Um, I thought it was going to be a DC. I thought it was either going to be Justice League or Suicide Squad. And now that you knocked both of those off, <laughs> I don't know what's to come anymore. Uh, keep it a secret. I'm excited about this. So my number two, man. Uh, if we're gonna we're, if we're gonna talk um, how to crush Kurt's soul as a nine-year-old boy uh a 10-year-old i guess but um to to say that star wars was a a big uh, i was wondering if you're gonna get some star wars in here but to say that star wars was a big part of my childhood is is um saying it like even still very loosely uh i I have very fond memories of going to see the re-released trilogy and 97 and 98 uh with my dad uh, which was awesome. Like one of the, the the best memories of my entire life when it comes to going to see a movie. Um, so to say that Phantom Menace was like a big deal is is, is really uh, hitting the nail on the head. And Phantom Menace. Uh, I, okay, so I, I have to preface it by saying I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on VHS on Christmas Day. Now, mind you, I get the VHS for Christmas from my my parents, the kids, everybody's listening. A VHS is what we used to watch movies on, where the the movie would be on something that we'd stick into a machine, and it was on like a tape, like a loop. Anyways, that's a VHS. So uh, I'm old, guys. Uh, I actually VHS was a part of my childhood. There you go. As okay. well. I was born in 2000, <laughs> so Phantom Menace was the year after or the year before I was born. But yeah. The stuff that I've read about how big of a deal that movie was when it came out is, is insane. Like, just how long people would wait outside of a theater yeah. to see yeah. The Phantom yep. Menace, and then they walked out and were just like, yep. wow. It was real, guys. Like, it was like, I went to go see, I think, uh, yeah, my, my dad, um, God rest his soul, uh, might not have... Uh, over thought what movies he would take me to so example like phantom menace was sold out so we went to go see the matrix for like the third time mind you i'm like 10 years old i shouldn't be watching the matrix but anyways <laughs> uh <laughs> phantom menace uh, like i said I, I watched it on christmas day because we couldn't get tickets for the first like month to go see it and uh it crushed me it absolutely crushed me so uh poor kurt on christmas day uh was so devastated by how bad phantom, phantom menace was uh there's nothing i'm not even going to defend one part of it all there there's nothing redeemable about it i hate it um it is it is horrible george lucas is a terrible writer <laughs> let me rephrase that he's gotten worse as he's gotten older and i understand why um when you look at what are the stronger uh stories in the like og trilogy Sorry, I shouldn't even say stronger stories. This the better directed movies. When Lucas puts all of his effort into one or the other, he does really well. Uh, when he takes the reins on everything, it just becomes a sloppy mess. Uh, and that's why, like, uh, Revenge of the Sith, I think, is it's a pretty cool movie. Uh, that's actually have, my all-time favorite Star Wars movie is Revenge is of the Sith. Cool. Yeah. I dig it, man. It's it's a good movie because, uh, like, it just essentially, like, loops around the arc, right? And, like, there's some fantastic fight scenes, but I hate Attack of the Clones and I hate Phantom Menace. I actually hate Attack of the Clones more than I do the Phantom <sighs> Menace. Um... 
I, I haven't watched it in probably about 15 years. If I put it, either of them on now, I'd probably gouge my eyes out. But I still remember <laughs> the, the, the disappointment <laughs> of Phantom Menace on Christmas 1999. I uh, was a prequels kid. Like, that was okay. that was my era. So all right. All because right. I was born in 2000. And so when I was really young, I absolutely loved all three of the prequels <laughs> because I was five when Revenge of the Sith came out. Oh, so, okay, okay. And that's yeah. why, and I distinctly remember watching it on DVD. I didn't see it in the theaters, and it's, it's to this day, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. And yeah, the originals, I still really liked. I grew up watching those as well, but because I grew up in the era of the prequels, they were a bigger deal to me. Yep. Yeah. As I got older the more and more I've disliked The Phantom Menace <laughs> and Attack of the Clones. I think See, Phantom Menace has some yeah. redeeming qualities. Yeah. Attack of the Clones has essentially nothing redeeming about it for me, at least. Yeah. And I, I know that's like a big debate. Is, is Phantom Menace worse or is Attack of the Clones worse? For me, I'd say Attack of the Clones all day because I could watch that lightsaber fight at the end of The Phantom Menace on repeat yeah. all day long and be just overjoyed. And uh, then yeah. um, Attack of the Clones, I don't have anything like that in that movie. But... <laughs> But I mean, I'm I'm very I've always been very interested just to kind of look at the history of what happened, like with how it was so overhyped, Phantom Menace in 1999, and then people standing yeah, outside of a theater camping for days just to yeah. go see it, and like that's yeah. just kind of the closest thing I can think of is basically Avengers Endgame for yeah. for for my my Absolutely. memories at least. I could not have said it better. Like it's once every like ten years in my life at least where like something has like been so pop culturally overwhelming that like the world has stopped for that day most recent one you said it perfect was avengers endgame i was yeah. in florida on vacation and we had tickets to disney the entire week and i told my girlfriend i was like we're not going to disney on this day because we're going to see avengers in the morning at like 8 a.m it, it was gut-wrenching and then we didn't do anything for the rest of the day but like i don't that was such a weird side story but anyway, the point being is is Avatar, I would say, was the one before that where, like, I remember, like, people were just so flabbergasted by this movie. Yeah. And it just took over culturally. And then and then Phantom Menace. And now it. people hate Avatar. <laughs> I know. You know what? I, I got a soft spot for it. It's not a great I movie. Like it. But, like, it, I, I throw it on the TV and, like, it's so visually stimulating and, like, entertaining that, like, it, I, it's passable. I, I, I would I'll, I'll take Avatar 10 times out of 10 over Phantom Menace. There you go. Oh, yeah. So, totally. <laughs> It's a much better movie. <laughs> what's um? What's your number two, man? So my number two, this is another one I had low to mediocre expectations for. <laughs> okay. But like Justice League, because of how much it surpassed my already low expectations, I had to put it up at number two because this is easily one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And this is oh, wow. the movie that I consider to be the worst comic <laughs> book movie of all time. So okay. it is... um. Fantastic Four, also known as Fantforstic. <laughs> <laughs> it is easily the worst thing I've ever watched. Well, yeah. I might would have to take this over The Princess Bride because I absolutely okay. hate The Princess Bride. Do um, you? I can't stand The Princess Bride. I hate that movie. But <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very overrated movie. I don't understand everybody's love for The Princess Bride, but I had only I, I watched it when I was a kid. Didn't love it, and I had I think I came around to it uh, Christmas time, and I watched it again for the first time in like twenty five years, and I was like, eh, okay, yeah. I great. just think it's so it's dumb. <laughs> I just yeah, can't stand so, it. Yeah, whatever. That's whatever, but basically, so. Fantastic Four is oh, just, just a dumpster fire. It's terrible. Everything about it sucks. They got all the characters 
just totally wrong. Nobody was in character. There were so many inconsistencies with like the personalities of the characters. And then just like the look, it was like, so Kate Mara had like almost brown hair in one scene. The next scene, it was just like bleach blonde going (laughs) back and forth. It was like, what is happening here? The origin story was just all wrong. Yeah. I mean, I have not seen it since I watched it in the theaters. What was that? 2015? Yep. I think. It was a couple yeah. months before my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Before she I was, born. I saw it. I was a freshman in high school and I left there going, that was easily the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I don't know anybody that likes it. I've never met a single person who's had anything good to say about that movie. I'll, I'll say one good thing about it. So, the the fact that they took a swing, Josh Boone took a swing, and he um, tried to do the uh, is it the Fantastic for the Ultimates version of it. And so do you know the difference between like the origin story, where, yeah. where essentially it's almost like they get you know shipped off to the other dimension, a uh, dimension X, I believe as it was called. Right. Yeah. Um, to take that swing and like it looked cool, awesome. The execution. I'd say two minutes after they actually get onto the planet or into the dimension, that's where everything goes downhill. Like it just becomes horrendous, like atrocious. And it was funny that people somehow, somehow when you have all this like fantastic, no pun intended, uh, fantastic backstory and like so many years and issues of fantastic four to reach from. And somehow you watched it that bad and again I, my heart goes out to Josh Boone because he says that it's a totally different movie than what he what he thought it was going to be um, or what he intended it for it to be but yeah that's what I've read yeah man it's it's brutal what a bad movie I think the reason I got it so high on this list is because the Fantastic Four is a group of characters that I absolutely love and I oh. am beyond excited that they're going to come into um uh, the Marvel Universe, and I was—I had my expectations way too high for Episode Seven of WandaVision, thinking we were about to get <laughs> John Krasinski <laughs> as Reed Richards, and it ended up just being some some woman in the some, military. Yeah, and I was like, woman. "That's it." And, and like, even at the beginning of that episode, where not at the beginning, but when they are going up to uh, to meet whoever the astrophysicist was, <laughs> and she says, "There they are," and I was like, "Are we about to get the entire Fantastic Four? The music right? got like super triumphant and everything, and yeah, it, yeah. I my like my expectations were super high, I was super hyped up, and then I was like, "Who is this? <laughs> Who is this?" I was like, "Get away! Where's give me give me John Krasinski as Reed Richards, and and this will be all." All better. And then I was like, okay, that, that didn't happen. So my expectations were way too high. Um, fair, fair. And, and I actually, I know the, the Fantastic Four movies from the um, beginning uh, or like the mid-2000s, they're, they're not all that good. But I grew up watching them, so I have like yeah. a soft spot for them. Like they're, yeah, they're guilty pleasures. They're entertaining. Um, and, and I think the cast in those movies were good. Like the stories just weren't all that great. But uh, hey, man, they bumbled this the, again. This the storyline and so on and so forth. But everybody is pretty well cast in those original ones from from like was it two thousand four and two thousand six something like I that. Dig, yeah, I dig Chris Evans as, as Johnny Storm. Um, Johnny Storm, Johnny Blade, Johnny Storm, Johnny Storm. Just, yeah, Sue's, Sue's brother. Sorry, and uh, have a little lapse there. <laughs> um, what's that? I can never pronounce his name. Is it Ian Grufford? Is it Ian? Is I have no idea. 
E. No, I know no. it's E O I N. I always I always pronounced it Ian Grufford, but like, damn, he was a good Reed Richards. You know what? He he, he did what he could with yeah, the material I, I he was given. I didn't mind so, any of them. Like I've yeah, been in yeah. my mind for years now, fan casting the Fantastic Fourth for the MCU and John okay, Krasinski. Let's do it right now. John right Krasinski now. and Emily Blunt. It's got to be them. If it's not Emily Blunt, <laughs> I want Margot Robbie in there. Fair. Um, fair. I've thrown out for Human Torch Zach Efron. Um, Ooh, also, let's talk about this. Also, okay. uh, two guys from Stranger Things. So there's Dacre Montgomery. I think he'd yeah. be really good. And then what's the guy's name that plays Steve? What's his name? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, Joe something. Joe Keery. Joe Keery. That's Keery. his name. Keery. Yeah. Keery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was. Yeah. I think they would be cool. One of the three of them for Human Torch, and then the Thing. For um, wait. So who do you have playing? Zach, who do you have Efron playing? I think Zach Efron would be cool. I think his age probably would make more sense for for John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Fair. And Fair. then for the thing, I'm probably I might would go with I don't know. This is the one I have the most difficult. I have the most difficulty with. But off the top of my head, I'm going to go with John Cena. Oh, great pick! Great pick. I feel like my I had somebody for- else. My pick for thing was always because I just need the voice. That's all I need. It's it's like a Vin Diesel is Groot thing. I just yeah, I've, I've, Vin Diesel would have been my first choice, and then I was like, yeah, but he's Groot. I, I need Dwayne. I need the Rock in there, buddy. I need I need to hear the big old uh, Dwayne Johnson's voice as the thing. Uh, I don't that care would if they do mo-cap that would or not. be incredible. I see something like that happening only because he's got his foot so far in the Disney door. Um, they love him over there, apparently. So. Um, you know who I have Efron down as, and I, I, I'm, this is my 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 giant theory, and I it's coming. The 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 Zac Efron Renaissance is happening <laughs> in the next two years. Quote me. He now. was good as Ted Bundy. I thought he was good as Ted Bundy. When Efron sports the uh, the glasses, it's going to be the the Efron sans. Uh, I would love to see him as Cyclops. That would actually be really cool. I would love to see him as that like douchebag version of Cyclops from like the nineties. Uh, like a yeah. show where like him and Wolverine are constantly butting heads and like he's less of the James Marsden version in the um in the X-Men like that we grew up watching where like he's, he's kind of a little bit of a pushover like he's you know he said honcho but like I want to see like the, just a jacked out of his skull like Efron playing Cyclops um but going back to the Fantastic Four thing I I, lo- I love that uh that Margot Robbie suggestion for I think that'd be incredible for, I mean I know she's Harley oh, Quinn but gosh. there's so many people that have played two comic book characters so I don't yeah, care yeah, at all yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm with you on that one buddy but so. yeah um but anyway I'm curious to know what your number one is most or yeah, biggest theatrical disappointment my friend there's 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 days in all of our lives that really um you know, etch themselves in, into your memory as disappointing days, crushing days, sad days. Um, I took I took a day off work. I literally called in sick to work uh, on uh, a bleak Friday in November 2017. To say that I had expectations for the Justice League is is putting it gently. This to me was supposed to be the the blockbuster of the year. Like the trailer was well cut. Um, I don't know if you remember the trailer for this when it first came out in the summer beforehand. Had uh, Icky Thump or Sticky Thump or Icky Thump by by the White Stripes over top of it. Just it looked guns. I vaguely blitz. remember it, that. Yeah, it looked so good, and I was like, "Oh, okay, Whedon's not." Or sorry, uh, uh, Snyder's not coming out. Whedon's coming in. Uh, 
I trust him. I mean, The Avengers is a good movie. I don't love it. It's not my favorite MCU movie, but, you know, I, I think the guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, man. Um, uh, Justice League is... is uh, I, I can't... I, I'm counting down the days until Snyder's version comes out so that <laughs> somehow I can wipe, wipe my memory. Um, oh, yeah. As soon as Snyder cut comes League. out, and as long as it's better, just even semi-better, that version of Justice League is totally erased from my memory and it no longer exists. Yeah, I was so mad. I I went to like an 11 a.m. show. I got I literally got up today and I was so excited. It was like Christmas morning. wasn't go, Didn't go into work. Had the day off. Went and saw it. I think the, it must ended around like 1 p.m. ish. It was about a two hour movie. Um, and like I just sat and had lunch in silence. Like I didn't want to talk to anybody. Like I was just mad. Like I was just yeah. so mad at the world. And I went back to like a glutton for punishment. The Stockholm syndrome of, of Justice League came in. Guys, you can't see the camera right now, but I'm grabbing my microphone violently. Um, I went to go see <laughs> Justice League again, again a second time that same day. And I was like, it can't be as bad as I thought it was. And it was. And my girlfriend came with me. And that whole weekend, all I heard was how bad and disappointing Justice League was from her, from everybody in the world, and including my own mind. Um, there is no redeeming quality in that movie. I, I despise it. And I feel so bad that contractually everybody had to actually show up to do that uh, because it's just a hot mess dumpster fire covered in hair turd of a movie i sorry i could go on for really long for this one but we're, we're gonna cap it at that so <laughs> i i hate it yeah it's it's easily it. one so. of my biggest theatrical disappointments as well just you know just because it's it's the justice league it's supposed to be they're they're supposed yep. to be even more powerful than the avengers yep. they would yep. they would slaughter the avengers yep. and it it ended up being absolute trash none of it so, makes sense it not and that it's the, terrible to, to know that and like to see and i guess right now we're in this world where essentially we're, we're gonna see what the the final cut was supposed to be there but to know what everything was supposed to look like and then to like get the finished product and be like what is this this looks totally different than the trailer that you guys did like six months ago like what happened at warner brothers like did they just clean house and like the marketing department and, and all the advertising yeah. it, it's bad man it's bad i have no i have no sympathy for joss Whedon as a human being uh and like <laughs> i'm not usually one for cancel culture but like just to know uh, like whatever and we're not going to talk about it on the show here but like um this this movie is the cherry on top of all that so cancel josh Whedon, everyone <laughs> <laughs> what's your number one so <laughs> I have no idea what your opinion is on this particular trilogy in this series. I had insanely high expectations for this movie. And in hindsight, I don't think there, there's only a very few amount of movies I had this high expectation for. Um, so in 2015, I went to go see. This is not the movie. I'm just gonna, you know, set a okay. bit of okay. a preface here. <laughs> 2015, I went to go see the The Force Awakens, and oh. um, I loved that movie. It, okay. I, it wasn't my favorite Star Wars movie, but I, I was so impressed with it, and I felt like the Star Wars fan base was united as a whole, just because everybody seemed to love The Force Awakens. Yeah, and for a whole two years, I could not stop thinking about. Who are Ray's parents? Who is Snoke? What is Luke gonna say to Ray after he takes the lightsaber from her? And then in 2017, around Christmas time, Ryan Johnson uh, released 
Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, and um, I absolutely hate that movie. <laughs> I hate The Last <laughs> Jedi, and there are people out there that say they don't understand yeah. how somebody can hate The Last Jedi or hate yeah, a certain yeah. Star Wars movie. I'm like, look, the people that say that they don't understand the people that hate The Last Jedi are the same people that hate The Phantom Menace. So I don't know if you're <laughs> one of them. You might be the exception, <laughs> but it's that generation of people that go. Yeah. I love The Last Jedi, and then yeah. they hate The Rise of Skywalker. And the only reason they hate The Rise of Skywalker is because Ryan Johnson wrote J.J. Abrams into a corner with the decisions he made for that movie. So <laughs> He did, 100%. And let's agree on that, yeah, 100%. Oh yeah. J.J. had, he, he grabbed a hold of the steering wheel of a train that was going off the tracks no matter what, so... I have a, there was an episode I did about Christopher Nolan movies, and mm-hmm. after I finished recording that episode with my friend Mason, he told me that um, basically what happened, or how he felt about The Last Jedi was the exact same as me, <laughs> and he said he felt like, you know, if you're at school, everybody's in elementary school, and you're all playing soccer, he said he felt like Ryan Johnson was the kid that went and took the ball and punted it away from everybody else. And J.J. Abrams had to run to go get it and bring it back. I'm like, that is the greatest analogy I've ever heard in my entire life. That is absolutely brilliant. So I go to see The Rise of... Or not The Rise of Skywalker. I actually... I love The Rise of Skywalker, and I'm not ashamed of it. And so I went to Yeah, I I absolutely... I think it's the best of the sequel trilogy by far. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I went to go see The Last Jedi... As a junior, yeah, junior in high school. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> senior in high school. Wait, how old was I? It was 2017. I was a senior in high school. Yeah, senior in high school. I went to go see it with a ton of people. We were all stoked out of our minds. I don't really know anybody that actually, and of those friends that I went to go see it with, I don't think anybody actually liked it. My biggest issue with it was Luke's character arc. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with the whole hermit storyline of how he wanted to, you know, um, abandon the Jedi way, but... Th- I, I didn't believe anything about it because it was, he thought he could just kill Ben Solo to solve all the problems. I'm like, that's not Luke Skywalker. That's not, <laughs> that doesn't even make sense for his arc at the end of Return of the Jedi. He was the guy that yeah. saw the good in everybody despite all the evil. Yeah. And just to say for just one second, he saw a little bit of evil in Kylo Ren and he was like, um, you know, let's kill him. <laughs> no. No, that doesn't even make sense at all. And I don't yeah. understand anybody that tries to defend it. I really just, it just doesn't make logical sense at yeah. all. And the biggest issue that I think plot wise was Ryan Johnson deciding to split up all the main characters. And I think it was important for them to be together in this movie because you have you see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. <laughs> you have John Boyega as Poe, who yeah. should have been set up to be a really cool character. Mm-hmm. And I think JJ Abrams tried his best to redeem that character in The Rise of Skywalker by making him this leader of like a fallen stormtrooper mm-hmm. resistance. Mm-hmm. But in this they I, I don't agree with anybody with what they how they treated the actress that played Rose, mm-hmm. but I, I I agree that I don't think she was a good character. I think that that was just kind of like a it, she was an irrelevant character. Nothing against her I as agree. an actress. She just didn't help the plot at all, and it was a, more yeah. of a distraction for Poe than anything. And then you have, uh, sorry, not Poe. I meant Finn. That whole time I kept okay. saying Poe. I meant Finn. Yeah. But speaking of Poe, his whole tension with Holdo, that was all irrelevant. Then at the end where she was like, basically, I just had this plan the whole time and I was just trying to irritate you, whatever. I was like, (laughs) okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) Nothing advanced the the story of the trilogy. It was more of a detour to get around to The Rise of Skywalker. It's basically, you could almost watch The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker and not even have to watch The Last Jedi for purposes of that overall story. 
Um, I've had a conversation with somebody before, and I uh, is a, one of my friends, big Star Wars fan, bigger Star Wars fan than anybody I know. Um, maybe perhaps not on the same level as you. I, I mean that with all due respect, my friend. Um, he said that there's a world that he wishes JJ just had done all three of those movies, yeah, of the the, the sequel trilogy. Because it would have stayed at least tonally the same and still as visually appealing as as we all expect a Star Wars movie to be. Right. And I I think the one thing I like about Last and only redeeming quality about Last Jedi is I rewatched it probably about six months ago and I realized I I truly hate it. Um, oh, is, so you're on the same page? Oh yeah, I know I don't like it. I, when I first saw it in theaters, I saw it in IMAX 3D and I had my mind blown. I I must have been tired or hungover or something that day. Like <laughs> it's it's not a good movie. Like it is really not a good movie. And I'm also, and I guess I should preface real quick. I don't dislike Ryan Johnson as a director. Oh, no, 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 I actually doing? I love no. Knives Out. I think Looper's really yeah. cool. I've yet yeah, to see same. Brick, but I hate The Last yeah. Jedi. Yeah, I I just find that it was all of these things that were were. Uh, seated and foundationally put down in force awakens that were literally like thrown out the window yeah it, uh, it was basically it was it was one giant middle finger to the force awakens yeah and so it, it, the rise of skywalker all it had it had to do the same thing that movie was it was like every movie that came after it in that trilogy is undoing the one that came before it and that's just not yes. how you tell a story Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's the one problem I have with Last Jedi. And then again, I I did I, I had a scathing review for Rise of Skywalker last year, but once I stepped back, I was like, wow, this guy really only this is all he could do with this story. Like he he was he was picking up essentially. It was like a Humpty Dumpty situation, like yeah. just trying to put it back together, right? And um, for whatever reason, it, that that yeah. whatever he did worked for me in the Rise of Skywalker. Hey, that's fair. That's totally fair. And I know some people who love it. Um, I it's it's mediocre to me. Last Jedi, besides the visuals, and I think it's the yeah, most I, visually stunning out of the three of them. I would totally um, agree. I would agree. But like, I do not like. I do not like the last. The last two movies are are probably. I'm not gonna say they're the most disappointing because clearly we just did a list here. But like, I remember leaving last jedi and being like oh wow okay that was really cool that was really different and then rewatching it and being like this, no this is this is yeah. there's nothing i saw it this. three times in the theaters and progressively got more and more disappointed with it as, and, and i still did not like it the first yeah. time i saw it and <laughs> yeah. another one of my biggest issues with that movie is that they chose to kill off snoke Again, a plot point that doesn't make any sense to me because yeah. he seemed like he was so influential and it was going to be the big bad for, for most of the trilogy, if not the whole trilogy. Because uh, mm -hmm. we knew we were getting three movies right off the bat, right? But like, yeah, yeah to kill to kill him off to me was, was a waste. It was a complete waste. Yeah, so. and I didn't mind that scene. Like if I had to pick a favorite moment in that movie, it would be mm -hmm. that fight scene in that throne room. Yeah. But then yep. they yeah, totally so. retconned that whole thing because yep. when, when Kylo Ren was like, he was asking Ray to, to join him. Yeah. I thought she was going to. So did I. And, so did and I. then she didn't. And I was like, so you guys basically just kind of had them team up just to crumble it all apart again and then yeah. basically go back to where it started. Yeah. I was like, it would have yeah. been so cool if she joined forces with Kylo Ren because that would have been unprecedented and they wouldn't, they, they that would have been new yeah. and different. Could and, you imagine uh, the plot twist and the world would have went mental if Ray had joined Kylo? on the dark side it would have made that like, storyline at the end of rise of skywalker pay off oh, more man like what a twist that nobody would have seen coming uh and i think i love disney i really do they make really good quality content but i think disney is always trying to make sure and i don't know how the russos pulled it off because it's the only time that i can think of in a long time when at the end of infinity war when everyone's dying i'm like whoa whoa this is this is happening yeah 
Like, yeah. oh my God, like Disney let these guys do this. If you had a, had Ryan Johnson right Ray in to join the dark side and that be the ending of last Jedi, that would have been incredible. You, you that would have redeemed the movie. Exactly. hundred percent, hundred percent. And at least I feel like that would have left JJ with a lot more to work with. Um, oh yeah. Totally but again, agree. He, he was just picking up. I feel bad for the guy, man. I'd like I said, I, in, in a perfect world, if he hadn't done all three of those, it, it would have been a really, really good send off to, to that, OG kind of series and grouping. Yeah, um, I'm. I don't know if you heard this. I think you posted about it yesterday. Ryan Johnson's doing his own trilogy. He confirmed that he's got another trilogy coming. Did you hear about there, this? I think it's rumored. I don't know if it's confirmed, but no, there's he been confirmed a, it. Oh, he I did. Swear to, oh, I wow. swear to God, he confirmed it two or three days ago, and oh, cool. everybody was like, "Oh no, it's happening." Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be Knights of the Old Republic. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's one of those like I'll still go see it because if it's his own trilogy, I feel like it might make more sense i just don't I, th- I disagree with disney's approach with they had a different director and writer for each movie in a trilogy just because they wanted to you yeah. know like pay homage to the original trilogy and how they did it but what they forgot was that george lucas was the constant there the whole time and they didn't yeah. have that constant it was basically jj abrams wrote a movie somebody would yeah. go see it it's like all right so how what's my fan fiction here <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. continued yeah. The, the entire trilogy that way and then they fire colin trevorrow and all that stuff yeah. so um, I'm, I might I might sound really rude here. I'm happy Trevorrow was not involved. I don't love Trevorrow as a as a filmmaker. I just don't I know don't much like, about him. Have an opinion. Fair. I just I I was gravely disappointed by speaking of disappointments by Jurassic World. I just think that there's something there's something about it that just rubs me the wrong way. It's it's entertaining, but I think again because I had put. Um, Jurassic Park the original on such a pedestal and I thought that this was going to be that kind of like second coming of that yeah um I I was really really I don't know which one I it's actually kind of a weird conversation I don't know which one I like more I don't know if I like Jurassic World or if I like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom more I have I I think I just watched both of them in the theaters once and I don't remember I'd have to go back and watch them again but same but I feel like Jurassic Park is one of those series where it's like it it should have just been Jurassic Park and then they should have left it there (laughs) <laughs> That's be, especially with the lost world which is my yeah. least favorite of that in, entire franchise and then yeah, jurassic yeah. park 3 which i kind of like because i that's like the first one I ever saw Silly. actually and yeah, then yeah. um but, but anyway for the last jedi um yeah. you kept saying about you know in perfect world if jj abrams had directed the entire trilogy my perfect world would have actually i heard what you said about george lucas earlier so i don't know how you feel yeah. about this but my perfect world we would have gotten to see george lucas's version of the sequel trilogy um, I mean, it would have made money, man. You bring everybody it back. It would have made I money. It, I would. It would have been a tone totally different. Uh, a series. Oh yeah. I, I. I think it might have even probably would have happened sooner rather than later, man. I don't know. I think that, you know, there was so much backlash from obviously Last Jedi and then from Rise of Skywalker that I feel like people have already washed their their palate of that because Mandalorian's been so good that I feel like everybody who's was disappointed by those last two entries has just kind of put it on on the mental back burner right like yeah that's over that's done with okay what's next Mandalorian okay cool that's yeah great. and I, I'm super excited for the for the uh for the Obi-Wan show yeah um, that me too me too I, I again I think it's just because everybody wants to see uh you McGregor right oh yeah totally um but I guess to close things off with the Last Jedi here, I have a couple couple more thoughts I want to talk about because I can't stand the Last <laughs> Jedi. Um, yeah. So when I talk about George Lucas and how I, I wanted to see his trilogy more so than a, than Disney's trilogy, is because mm-hmm. another thing, George Lucas was going to expand on the whole midichlorians concept, and I actually liked that, and a lot of people <laughs> don't. And 
I'm assuming you don't. I'm not, I'm not giggling. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so in in uh, the Last Jedi, this doesn't make for for a consistency standpoint. This doesn't make any logical sense to me that it was there was midichlorians and and it was there were certain rules about the Force and then the way the Last Jedi was written, it was like it attempted to erase that and it was anybody can be a jedi it was like that's not what's yeah. been established if that was what it was established <laughs> then that's fine yeah, but yeah. because that's not what that's not what was pre-established then you can't change the rules of something that's been existing for seven movies yeah you know and so i, I really didn't like that um didn't like that luke died a loser at the end because he yeah you know, could have been a hero. Could have been a little bit redeeming at the end if he actually showed yeah. up there at the end, but then he didn't. So to me, he died a loser. Um, <laughs> Finn. One of the things that could have been really cool was if that sacrifice was actually made instead of Rose just charging in. And I was Same. like, I agree Oh with you. my I agree gosh! Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, no, I wanted as, as morbid as it sounds, something big. And Luke, Luke dying that way does not mean something big. Somebody in that main three. Poe, Finn, or Ray needed to have something catastrophic happen to them in order to glue me down. And like, again, whether it be Ray going to the dark side or Finn dying, um, I really wouldn't have mind actually if Poe had been the one to sacrifice himself yeah. just to kind of be that like, you know, almost like Harrison Ford, like Han type of arch at the end of Empire Strikes Back, yeah. right? Yeah. Again, very reminiscent of it, but I thought it was better than how everything was <laughs> executed. Yeah. So. I mean, Overall, like I understand that for for Last Jedi, that you know, subverting expectations in a way that supports the story and is true to the characters and the lore, it's fantastic. But subverting expectations for the sake of just subverting expectations is extremely uh, distasteful and disrespectful to the the source material and everything that came before it. That's yeah. just how I just felt like it was just a total middle finger to everything that came before it. Even though it was one of the most visually stunning Star Wars <laughs> movies of all time. Yeah. Right up there with Rogue One, those two probably oh, two of the best man. uh cinematography and We talked about this I think on my show, didn't we? Uh what are your three, I can't remember. What are your three favorite Star Wars? Um it would be uh Revenge of the Sith at the top, number two, Return of the Jedi, number one Empire. Fair. Cool. Or sorry, wait. Did I say that right? One, Revenge of Sith. Two, Return of the Jedi. Three, Empire. Is that what, is that what I said? Yeah. I, I feel like so. I said the I think, numbers I all we, wrong. <laughs> I think we've had. <laughs> I think we've had, we discussed that a couple weeks back. Yeah, uh, maybe. Mine is mine's Empire. Uh, Empire, Rogue One, and Return. Return of the Jedi. So nice. Followed closely by by the OG. I'm gonna follow very very closely by Star Wars. My number four. I would one. actually go to so. the links to say Rise of Skywalker. That'd be my number four. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Teach their own, my friend. Teach your own. <laughs> it, it, it's it's I I it's because I'm a sucker for Palpatine. Palpatine is like one of my all time favorite characters. So when they brought him yeah. back in the beginning, that was like my all time favorite opening sequence in any movie ever. Oh man, I, I you know what? I have to give it credit. That was amazing to watch on an IMAX screen. Like yeah, blew me away. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I wish that this hadn't felt so forced because it is an unreal way to bring back this character. I'm able like, to suspend my disbelief uh, for that. If Palpatine, right, okay. Palpatine, <laughs> I'm like, he, he had a plan and I buy it because yeah, he's, right. Palpatine, he's a freaking genius. Yeah. yeah. What? Well, yeah. I mean, Star Wars, I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, something's coming out this summer. The Bad Batch. The Bad yeah. Batch. On, Bad Batch. Uh, yeah. On Disney plus. We'll see how that goes. So. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan next year, which I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked for because I know Hayden Christensen's coming back. Is um, he? I yeah. didn't know that. You didn't know that? Yeah, he's coming back as Darth Vader. And, Actually? Um, yeah, for the Obi-Wan show. 
it, and oh, wow. the Obi-Wan show is set basically right in the middle between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Oh, very cool. Okay, I did not so, know that. All right, cool. I wonder if we see um, a young Luke Skywalker as like a little boy. I wonder if we see a uh, a Darth Maul appearance because he we might. was hinted at in, uh, Solo. in Solo, yeah. right? And so, so also not a bad movie. Very entertaining, I find. So, yeah, I actually great. like that one. It's, it's entertaining. Yeah. Well, um, this was this was list. interesting. This is a interesting topic. People definitely get real, <laughs> very um, riled up about these yeah. um, theatrical experiences for movies. People had extremely high expectations for. So yeah, this was this was super interesting. Um, yeah, I'm in. so Kurt, where can people find you on social media? Oh man, where can they? Um, we are over at uh, the top. So at Top Five Film Dive uh, on Instagram. Um, our show's going. My show's going well on uh, all platforms: uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your streaming uh, streaming from. And yeah, uh, McNeil, you're, you're my my guest on on this week's episode. So great, very grateful for that, my friend. I do appreciate it. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got man, another one coming out. Uh, so I'm kind of going back and forth with guests. Uh, I got another one recorded that we're going to be dropping probably on Monday. Uh, things are cool. going very well, and and I look forward to to having you on again, and, and to anybody else uh, who's listening, feel free to reach out. We're always looking for fresh faces and fresh voices, as I always say. So, thanks again, buddy. I really appreciate this, man. I love being on the show. Yeah, man. Of course, I'll be sure to link your information in the description yeah. of this episode. Once again, man, thanks for joining me today on this episode. It was a lot of fun. Very welcome. Pleasure as always. Honestly, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to tune in for more episodes as this season continues, and don't forget to follow or subscribe to the McNeil & Friends podcast on a platform you listen to podcasts so you can be notified when new episodes release. If you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations, and once again, thank you for listening. Thank you.